following audio is from Crossroads Church in West Ossipee, New Hampshire. For more information about Crossroads Church, you can go to www.crossroadsossipee.com. Well, good morning. Good morning. Let's pray together. Father God, we are so blessed to be part of your family. We well, thank you, Lord, for uh, all the different parts of this body functioning just in the way that you've designed them. We're so grateful for that. Thank you, Lord, for giving us all a, a, a place and a, and a work to do. And God, as we turn to your word this morning, we pray that you would open our eyes uh, and open our ears to see you, to hear you, and soften our hearts to receive the instruction you have for us. We love you and thank you, and we give you this time for your glory and our good. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I have notes, and then I have other notes. So before I get to the notes, I'll share with you the other notes. There's a lot going on. Yes, First John 4, 9. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. That's the Christmas. That's the greatest gift. I just want to share that because it was on my mind. Um, not Thursday, but Sunday. So now I share what was on my mind Thursday when I wrote a sermon. Well, it seems that uh, it's official, it's a Christmas, uh, Christmas time really here, un- uh, uh, opposed to what WHOM has been trying to tell us, Christmas been here for a month and a half. Um, I'm not wired that way. I like to start thinking about Christmas within a 24-hour mark. Uh, so here we are. As we all know, uh, Christmas, a time of gift giving, and the gifts that we give are just a shadow of the gift that God gave us. Um, and I know that it's possible that some here in this room are anticipating a gift under their Christmas tree. Um, and some of us are still working on those gifts to put under the Christmas tree. Uh, and maybe some of you haven't even started yet. I think uh, Christmas Eve tomorrow, that means, guys, it's time to go shopping, um, maybe, for your gifts. Good luck. Tomorrow morning, we can meet here. We'll go together. Yeah, that, absolutely. Ladies, you're all getting socks for Christmas. Yeah. Well, I want to begin this morning by bragging on a gift that I've been given myself. Um, and hopefully, uh, I want to begin with that and hopefully end by helping you unwrap a gift that you have been given. Well, at least I'll try. Um, four years ago, <clears throat> excuse me, as most of you know, I suffered a stroke. And uh, which affected my ability to speak. And um, 
while that change is uh, maybe the most n- noticeable effect um, of that event to you, it is not the most noticeable to me. Um, Mm. Tears not in the notes. Suck it up. <clears throat> I used to be a voracious reader. Um, I love to read novels and fiction and nonfiction and biographies, um, how-to books, church strategy books, stuff like this. I was always reading seemed like sometimes what I did was read for a living. Um, my dad, when I was a kid, once it took me on a fishing trip. We make a lot of fishing trips, but one year in particular, we went to Ziskahas to fish. This the best uh, fishing in the world there. I was probably 13 or 14, and instead of fishing, I spent the entire day reading The Hobbit while my dad fished from the boat. And don't worry, I have since apologized to my dad for that. Excuse me. Well, after my stroke, what used to be difficult or challenging reading became impossible to read. And what was easy reading before um, took great effort for me to understand I knew all the words that I was seeing, but I didn't know what they meant together. I struggled to get the meaning that they're trying to convey. I'm happy to say that after four years, I've gotten a lot better uh, in most of the areas of my life that were affected, but reading is still a struggle. (laughs) My neurologist said, welcome to the land of us mortals then. You're a doctor. <laughs> I dropped out of college. What are you talking about? Welcome to the land of mortals. Whatever. Anyway, reading still struggle for me, and I really have to slow down and concentrate. And when I study, I study alone in a basement where everybody is somewhere else. And with no music playing or TV blaring, with as few distraction as possible. And uh, sometimes when you get a bad sermon, it's because there's a window in the basement. And sometimes there's a squirrel or something more interesting out there. Well, so who cares? What's the point? What's the gift? It's the slowing down. That's the gift. It's be forced to take small bites instead of chewing through large chunks of scripture. I'm forced to take tiny nibbles. But when we do that, when we study that way, we get to truly savor the message that God intends to communicate with us instead of gorging ourselves and leaving ourselves wondering what just happened. That sounds more like supper time at our house than study scripture. Well, this is God's gift to me, and I hope that you benefit from this gift as well. 
Um, but that is not the, your gift to unwrap this morning. You have a different one. But hopefully my gift from God will lead you to rediscovering yours. So, all that to say, here's my gift at work. We're going to look at Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. That's page 995 in the Pew Bibles, if that's helpful to you. We're going to look at just verse 1. Take a deep breath. It's a long verse. (laughs) Paul, writing to Timothy, says, You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And there we stop. Paul spends all of chapter 2 giving Timothy reminders and instructions which are very helpful and beneficial to him and to us and to the church throughout the ages. But he starts here with these words. Be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Grace, a marvelous thing. Grace is a gift. That's exactly what the word means. A gift. Uh, an unearned thing. But this grace is a two-sided coin. The first side of, uh, the first side is God's grace in Christ for salvation. The saving of the lost. Right? Um, grace in Christ for salvation. John 1.17, Jesus said, For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. The law showing God's holiness, God's character, what his expectations of mankind are, came through Moses. You wonder what the Old Testament is for. All we ever talk about is the New Testament here. The character of God is displayed in the Old Testament. His holiness, His justice, but also His mercy and love. And Jesus is on every page. If you look for Him, you will find Him there. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. This is a big bite, I'm sorry. It says, And you were dead in the trans- a trespasser and a sin in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised them, raised us up with him, and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. Not a result of works so that no one may boast. 
for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. This is God's grace in salvation. Who deserves to be saved? Who deserves to be forgiven of their sin? Who deserves to have a, ta- a seat at God's table in his eternal kingdom? I'll give you a hint. It's not us. And it isn't anybody else either. Those things are done for us by God. And that is grace. You say, well, I'm not good enough for God to love me. That's true. I'm not smart enough. I'm not gifted enough. I'm not talented enough for God to save me. That is true. Congratulations. We're all in the same boat. We are all mortals. Just like that neurologist. <laughs> yeah, boy, I can't wait till she gets a real job. I know she's not listening to this, so. You can, you can tell her if you want. God exercised His grace when each one of us came to faith in Jesus Christ. And He will continue to exercise that grace every time a person puts their trust in Jesus for the forgiveness of sins and turn their life over to Him. This morning we paused in prayer. What are we asking for? We ask for our friends to be saved. We are asking for more of God's grace because that's exactly how it works. God extends his grace to those uh, who would put their faith in him. And that is still my prayer. God's grace would extend to those that don't know him yet. What a wonderful gift this grace is. And how fortunate uh, those of us who have faith in Christ this morning are to have received that gift. Maybe that's the gift that some of you need this morning. You haven't received it yet. The gift of faith in Jesus for forgiveness and adoption by God. That gift is available to you, even if you haven't received it already. How do you receive the gift? Just open your hands in faith and receive it. God, I receive your forgiveness. Thank you. Please forgive me. My life is yours now. Live in me. It's that simple. We make it pretty complicated and scary, I think, to explain to people sometimes because we want to tell them that they're sinner bound for hell. That's always a great way to lead off. Anyway, God's grace, a wonderful gift. Simply have to open our hands to receive it. But that is only one side of the coin of grace. That's not his fullness. There is more. What a wonderful gift. And that's not really what Paul was talking about to Timothy anyway. So let's talk about what he was talking about instead of talking about what he wasn't talking about. What were we talking about? If one side of the coin is the grace in Christ Jesus for salvation, the other side of the coin is the grace that is in Christ Jesus for sanctification. Uh, it's a 25-cent word you can impress your friends. What was Paul concerned about for Timothy? Not his salvation, sanctification. He already knew Timothy was saved. So how do you be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus? You're already saved. 
Is that the end of God's grace? No, it's not. Well, what is sanctification then? How do you impress your friends with this word? You don't know what it means. Sanctification means to be made holy. To be set apart for God's use. Simply put, to be more like Jesus. God's grace in Christ Jesus not only saves us, but helps us to grow to be more like Him. Hmm. J.P. Lang wrote, The grace which dwells in complete fullness in Christ and in His fellowship becomes the personal possession of believers in Him. Let me read that again. I'm not sure I understood what I said. The grace which dwells in complete fullness in Christ and in His fellowship becomes the personal possession of believers in Him. All the grace that we need, we already possess in Christ Jesus. But being strong in grace is a paradox. Right? Most translations, except for English Standard Version that I read from this morning, say, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Be strong in the grace. Well, it doesn't make any sense. I don't know why they did that. I'm glad the ESV did it different. It said, be strengthened in the grace. It means something different. It is impossible to make yourself strong in grace because grace has one demand. And if we are unwilling to give in to grace's one demand, we can never experience grace, whether it is grace for salvation or grace for sanctification. And what is one, what is grace's one demand that makes it impossible for us to be strong in grace? God's grace It's one demand is that we admit our weakness. Well, you can't be strong and admit your weakness at the same time, I don't think. Well, maybe Dave thinks we can, but I don't think so in this context. We cannot be strong in grace because that would come from inside of us, from our own strength, or even from further exercising the grace we've already received. I can tell you from experience that you cannot make yourself stronger in grace by making God's grace more necessary. <clears throat> Paul wrote in Romans 6.1, Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. How can we who die to sin still live in it? Right? This is not how you grow strong in grace. Well, I'm just showing off God's grace by, you know, murdering people and whatever. Be a bad guy. We are not to be strong in grace. Rather, we are to be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. The grace which dwells in complete fullness in Christ and in his fellowship becomes the personal possession of believers in him. All that we need, all that we need for salvation 
and for sanctification is found in Christ Jesus. He has all the strength. He has all the power. He has all the resources. And when we truly rely on him, those all become available to us. The only way for us to be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus is to admit our weakness and accept his strength. His strength on our behalf. His strength to save us from the penalties for our sin. His strength to adopt us into God's family. His strength to help us continue to grow in him and his strength to accomplish the work that he's given us to do. See why this is a paradox? How do you make yourself stronger in something you can't do? It's good strength at work. We say, I can't do it. He said, I can do it. And I'm in you, so you can do it. So all that to say, the gift for you to unwrap and hang on to this Christmas is simply admit the truth. I can't do it. But he can do it. And he is in me. And so I can do it. I can make myself acceptable to God. I can't be good enough. But Jesus can. And he's in me. And so I can. I can't fight off the temptation to sin. I can't. But he can. And he's in me. And so I can. I wish I would. (laughs) Hmm. It takes the strength to let go, right? And accept his strength. I want to say I am strong enough to fight off all this world throws at me. I have been walking with Christ long enough. And so any temptation that comes along, I can't do it. No, no, not even the little ones. I can't. I can't. You can't in your own strength. But if Christ is in you, he can. He's in you, so you can. You see, this is a great gift. In order for us to do all things through Christ who gives us strength, like the scripture says, in order for us to be strengthened in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, we have to admit our weakness. That gift is not, you can't have it unless you say, I can do it. If you're still saying, well, no, I'm, dude, I'm fine. Maybe they say, dude. He said, no, I can, I'm all right. I'm all right. I'll be fine. You're not. You won't be fine. You'll lie to yourself. So stop it. We can't get it until we say we can do it. And we accept Christ's strength because he can do it. 
And by faith, he does live inside of us. And he can do it, so we can do it. We have to admit our weakness and accept his strength. Not that we possess it, but by faith we possess him, and he will work in and through us to do his will. Just like God's grace is available to us in salvation, and all we have to do is open our hands and hearts and receive it, God's grace in sanctification is available to us in the same way. We have to let go and open our hands and say, I can't fight for myself anymore. Fight for me. Be my shield, my defender. He's already promised that in his word. He said, I'll, I'll do it. Do, just, I'll do it. Will you just let me, please? <laughs> That's God's grace and sanctification. It's available to us if we avail ourselves to it. Hmm. Well, that's great. How do we do that? Say, I can't. (laughs) That's how you do it. By letting him do it. In you. In us together. We practice daily fellowship with him and his word. And through prayer. And we see how he works in you and through you and you will be strengthened by his grace, the grace that is in Christ Jesus. I can't think of a better gift than that. And I pray that you would receive that gift this morning. It's been yours all along. You just have to unwrap it. And inside there, I can't do it anymore. But Christ lives in me, and he can do it, and he will do it for you. Amen? Amen. I know this not to baby in a manger and shepherds and wise men and sheep and stuff like that. But that's the gift that Christ died to give us. It's grace and salvation, grace and sanctification. He died for you, but he also lives for you, in you. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, what a wonderful gift you have given to us. I pray that we would all receive that gift this morning. If there's anyone here this morning that, Lord, has not accepted your son, I pray that their hearts would open to you and cry out to you ask you for forgiveness and turn their life over to you that they would experience your grace and salvation. And for all of us that have known you for a week, a month, a lifetime, I pray that we would open our hands to the gift of grace in sanctification to truly trust you because that's what you're asking us to trust you, to fight for us, to help us grow, to give us words to say to our friends and family and neighbors, to give us the resources to share your gospel, 
the strength, the words, the opportunity. God, your grace is unending, never failing, and we're so grateful. May we be strengthened in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you would like to participate in the mission of Crossroads Church through financial support, checks can be mailed to Crossroads Church, Post Office Box 576, West Ossipee, New Hampshire, 03890.